So, I'm driving home from work the other day, as I often do, and I don't get very good reception. Plus, there's only like two radio stations here, and one of them has like the egg report on, you know, 12 hours a day. So, I always just plug my phone in, right? Wait, the what report? Egg report. You know, like how much grain is going for and cattle and and whatever, you know, for... I'm in Connecticut. We do not have that. Yeah. <laughs> I live in the rural part of Connecticut. But the rural part of Connecticut is still like a booming metropolis compared to, to, to the, the anywhere in Montana. Okay. Anyway, I've go ahead. There. I'm sorry. So I, I just I just always plug my phone in and I listen to, you know, whatever music or podcast that I listen to. So yeah. sometimes, though, and I, I don't really know why it does this, but. Every now and then when I plug it in, it'll just start randomly playing songs from, like, my iTunes library. Right. And Yeah, mine does the same. Yeah, but not all the time. So I don't understand right. that. And, gen- so weird. and generally when it does it, it actually starts off with a video, the Abbey Road documentary, because it goes in alphabetical order at first. Oh, know. my God. Mine does the same thing. <laughs> which I can't it's even... It's so frustrating because it eats up my data, and I have at and we have limited uh, data, which yeah, is really sucks. dumb, but it's just... <clears throat> anyway, so I, like, I plugged my phone in, and the last few minutes of this podcast I was listening to um, Fly on the Wall ends. And, like, a few seconds later, it just starts playing some music and um i'm like oh, all right so i listened to like the first song that i played was like big girls don't cry by fergie you know and i'm like oh i haven't heard this in a long time sure i'll just sit there and listen to it and it gets over and the next song that comes on is uh ignition remix and daniel like it's instantly in my head like and disgusted that this song is still in my library because, you know, it's R. Kelly. But then it starts uh, playing. And, like, I'm kind of instantly taken back to, like, I don't know, 2002-ish. Like, yeah. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a fire song, man. And, like, I, I listened to it, but I don't, I didn't know how to feel about that. Like, uh-huh. do you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> um, it kind of got me to thinking about like separating entertainment from from the artist the artist yeah and for for separating for, the artist from the person yeah for a variety of reasons i guess and yeah um so i thought about it obviously with r kelly but then i you know i think about i think we kind of touched on this in a conversation we've had recently but but also like movies and other things like like the whole chris pratt thing fascinates me but we can save that discussion for a little bit later on. But, you know, in general, I was just, I, I was curious how you felt about those sorts of things. And Well, Jeremy. Yeah. It's a very good thing, then, that we have a podcast. Of course we have a podcast. <laughs> That's right. Well, what a good... That's our... That's our theme song right there. I just did it. Nice. I like it. I'll have to uh, yeah. show that to Dylan so we can recreate it. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we have a venue to talk about these things, Ben Daniel. Yes, it is. <clears throat> yes, it is. But before so, we get into that, what is our podcast? What is it about? Who are you and what am I? What am I and who are you? You are Jeremy Brown. True. Uh, you are who I would probably consider my best friend at this point in my life. You always use those caps. You always use those caveats when you say that. And I'm not even, I'm not even upset about that. No, you are my best friend. I just don't see you ever. So, so we have this podcast. Oh, I'm Daniel Jones, by the way. Um, his best friend. And we have this podcast so that we can still talk. It's basically our excuse as middle-aged men to, uh, to talk yes. once a week or every other week. As, every other week. As needed. Too busy to edit a podcast every week. Yeah. <laughs> so Maybe it'll increase to every week if, if it goes well. I don't know. Either way, um, we just kind of want to talk, and if it works as a podcast, then that's even better. Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm Daniel Jones, and you are Jeremy Brown. 
And let's talk about that topic that you brought up at the intro. You want to get right into that one? Okay. Yeah, let's just do it. Um, So first of all, do do you agree that that Ignition Remix, at least at one time, was was a pretty pretty hot song? Did you like it? Um, I have no clue what song you're even talking about right now. Daniel, really? Okay, well, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have to Google it. <laughs> not a problem. I don't. My phone is not near me, so I, well, I mean, yeah, you don't have look to look it up right now. Do it right now. I'm sure you've heard it. There's no way you couldn't have heard it. You could you could sing it. I know I could not it sing it for me. Um, so I could know it. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that, Daniel. Um, <laughs> what? Why not? Yeah, I'll, I'll play some on my phone. How's that sound? I guess if you want to get us copyright stricken. I don't think R. Kelly's going to come after us where he's at. <laughs> he has a record label. They don't want nothing to do with him. Yeah, that's true. Now, usually I don't do this, but, uh... Can you hear that? Go ahead on, break him off with a little previews of the remix. Now, I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. The way you do the things you do reminds me of my next is cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach, the way you got me playing the field. So, baby, give me that. Let me give you that. So, anyway, I can't believe you've not heard that song. It's like, I hear that song and I think of, like... 2002. I don't know that I've ever heard that song. 2002, wearing like Jankos and, and Fubu and 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 drinking Hennessy on payday and cheap vodka the rest of the time and chasing <laughs> chasing if bitch, I've heard that chasing song, bitches and and whatnot. <laughs> um, if I have heard that song, it went into some corner of my brain and disappeared. Okay, well, I think I think people of our general age were only what. Four, four years apart, five years apart, maybe. I think most yeah. of us have heard that song. So, okay, I yeah, don't know I mean, how it's you probably have. just me. It was like a crazy club song from from the early two thousands. Sure. Like it was okay. just everywhere. Um, yeah. Probably R. Kelly's most well known song. That. I would think. I don't know. Anyway, I believe I, I could fly. Probably. Is that R. Kelly? I thought that was like Seal. No, that's that's R. Kelly. Oh, yeah, you're right. That, yep, you're right. That's like the Space Jam song, isn't it? Is it Space Jam or is it Ice Age? No, no, Space Jam. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of the Seal song. From, I don't know what I'm thinking. Anyway, <laughs> that the the song really isn't the point, but like that instant feel, like I re- instantly recognized that it was R. Kelly, and I was disgusted by the fact that I was listening to it. Yeah. But then the nostalgia from the song made me finish listening to it and enjoy it. And you felt bad about this? I felt conflicted because because clearly who R. Kelly is as a human is is not somebody that I want to to support in any way, shape, or form. And by listening to his music, even though I bought it, probably 15 years ago or more um okay i thought you were gonna say like you went out and bought it after you heard it because you liked it so much no why would you do that you have itunes or whatever you don't need to do that jeremy well no it was in my itunes library from like way back before there was apple music you know like it was i actually purchased it a long time ago i have that too yep 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 so okay anyway so you know not that song but i'll go buy it now though don't no, don't buy it. <laughs> that I could not. Um, maybe you could download like LimeWire and, and pirate it. So yeah, yes, LimeWire in the year two thousand. <laughs> so LimeWire was about the same time as as probably the song came out. Uh, <laughs> so R. Kelly probably spread lot spread lots of viruses in multiple ways throughout his lifetime. Anyway, so. Uh, I guess so, the, yeah, so, the question became like, is it possible to separate the, the, the art from the artist, the, the work from the, you know, the human, those sorts of things. And is there a line that, that where you just cannot do that? So what say you, Daniel? I was thinking about this today and 
because the re this is it's funny because I was just thinking about this earlier today, um, because I was listening to um, the Fire Escape cast. So I'm gonna talk probably a lot on our podcast about other podcasts that I listen to. Um, and Fire Escape is the podcast with Mike Mahardy, Dan Riker, and Mary Kish. Um, Mike Mahardy, by the way, was we knew him back when, right? You know that, right? Yeah. He used to write on GIL. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know who you're talking about. I'm yeah. Sorry, was I supposed so to anyway. be like fan struck when you said that? Sorry. I... No, no, it just was mentioning, you know, that. Uh, in case you didn't realize, or, or in case listeners, in, in case didn't I was realize. too drunk back then to remember, that's fair, Daniel. I get that. I didn't say that. Knock it off. Um, anywho, um, so I was listening to the Firescape cast, and they were talking about um, just historical figures and how, like, it's really hard to find anyone who was actually a really good person um, in history, even you know. You look, like, you look up Mother Teresa online, and you can find plenty of things that people are saying about her that that she was a bad person in in certain ways. Um, same about Gandhi. Like, apparently Gandhi was super racist. I didn't know that. So, like, anybody you look up throughout history, you could find bad things about them. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I makes sense. Um, so I don't know. It's tough, it but tough. because, but then like, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted because at the same time, I feel like you could find bad things about anybody and you only hear bad things about certain people, you know? Yeah. Like for some reason, everybody knows that the, um, H.P. Lovecraft was super racist, but you know, who? What other famous authors at that time well, were probably <clears throat> also super racist that we just don't talk about? I think I think that's an important distinction, though, and I'm not suggesting that it made it better, but times were different, and right. the level. How am I going to say this without sounding like a racist myself? But. Things were just kind of more accepted as common terms yeah. that now we would find just absolutely appalling. So right. we don't necessarily know in their heart how racist they were or if they were just going with the times. I think that's true for a lot of different things, not just racism. It can be true for sexism, you know, misogyny, um, whatever. Like, right. as we progress, I guess would be the word to use we have less tolerance for for the little things. So those things that used to seem pretty small, looking back through the rearview mirror or through the lens of, of knowledge from today back into history, probably seem a little more outrageous than they really were at the time. But at the same time, some of those people were probably absolute racists, so it's kind of hard to to distinguish between those two things. Well, exactly. Even the like, even the founding fathers that were um, against slavery uh -huh. were reportedly still racist. Like, still, still didn't think that black people should have you know, voting rights or same, you know, the the same kind of rights as white people. They just didn't think they should be slaves. Yeah. So, I, no, I agree. I and I am kind of a staunch supporter of the Constitution, but there's definitely some fucked up shit in, in the founding fathers, like, like uh, mentality regarding black folks. Um Right. Specifically black folks, but, you know, a lot of people. You know, women also, they didn't have the right to vote initially. Right. Yeah, um, no. They, and, they... But the other thing that kind of gets overlooked is there was a huge debate on whether white people should get to vote if they didn't own land. So, yeah. you know, it was, I don't know if that was 
clearly there was a race factor too, but it was more of an, there was also some sort of elitism factor involved. And, yeah. um, and even, even the founding fathers did kind of stick up, <clears throat> stick their heads out and say, Hey, you know, like slavery is wrong and we shouldn't like Jefferson comes to mind. He was pretty of, of the main founding fathers. He's probably the one that, that was the most anti slavery, but he still owned slaves. Um, right. and he actually didn't want the three fifths part of the constitution. He, he, he didn't think that it needed to be designated as, as a, you know, um, African American as three fifths of a person. I don't, know exactly how it stated it but that was the the essence of it yeah but he didn't put up much of a fight either like the others were like ah no it's good and he's like oh yeah we'll fix it later i mean more or less which eventually i suppose we did but there was a lot more damage caused in those next um you know a hundred years before emancipation and, and another hundred years before uh you know jim crow so i mean if we, I feel like we'll probably get into American history often on our podcast, but I, I feel like you could wrap up the, the whole of American politics as just a seri- 250 year series of compromises. Yeah. And that's, I mean, eventually through that you make progress. It's, you know. Yeah, well, I think that's a, I mean, we could probably spend the rest of our hour talking about just that. But I think <clears throat> my, my personal view is that's kind of how it has to be. I think I think right. if, if you do anything too quickly, you're not, it's not going to end well. I really believe that. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that goes for a lot of different different subjects. If you look back over 250 years, we have progressed a lot. When we're in the moment, it seems like it's very slow. And... I guess that is what it is. I'm actually all for that. Like sometimes I will, I have to separate my personal beliefs on any given topic from, from how I feel it should be handled. I don't know if that's making any sense, but like, I think when we react with just raw emotion, then mistakes can be made. And we tend to let that pendulum swing too far one way or the other. And the common ground is hard to find. And I think like, I think we're both old enough now that we can, we have a pretty good sample size of, of understanding our history in our country, in our lifetime. And I don't know of another time and other than the last 10 years or so where, where people were more equally and, decisively divided on just about every single thing. Like it's like nobody can, when I say nobody, we'll just, I mean, I don't believe that there's only conservatives and only liberals in this country. I think there's a lot of middle ground people, but I think we're forced into a position where the people in power are one or the other, and you kind of have to fall in line and sometimes take, take on ideals or opinions that you maybe not don't wholeheartedly believe in just because the opposite is so, so much against what you believe in that there's, there's really no other choice other than to just not care at all, which is kind of where I find myself a lot of these days, because like, I think the extreme right and the extreme left are just so far apart, but that's what people focus on. And I do think there's room in the middle for most issues, but but very few people are working on that that have power and certainly not enough to make a difference right now, by and large. Hopefully we see that change at yeah. some point, but I don't know. <clears throat> well, and the thing for me is that I feel like both sides have a lot more in common than they think. Um, and I think the problem is that, um, here, I'm, I'm going to get radical on you. Um, I feel like, at least in this country, and I think it's everywhere, that the elite, um, the people at the top of society, and that includes everyone 
pretty much in government and politics um, and everyone who funds them are are the real common enemy that all of us Republicans and Democrats far left and far right really have but they have found ways to divide us and it's mostly on social issues um, and and religious issues and etc etc but it's not on the things that really affect our lives um, but that's how they justify and get away with making all the decisions that do affect our lives um, and it's maddening because it just makes it feel like none of us actually have any power and none of us are able to enact real change I, through <clears throat> any means. I mean, I think I agree with most of that. I don't think that's really a radical thought. I think it's a radical concept to swallow, but I don't feel it's inaccurate. I do think, I, I fully believe that the Democrats and Republicans are two sides to the same coin. Most people right. think that I'm, you know, a Republican and I'm really not. I'm certainly not a Democrat. Like, like, if I had to describe myself, it would be libertarian. But there's still a lot of flaws in that philosophy as well. Like, I think that we need to stop being defined as political parties and, and really focus on on solutions. But the people that have been elected to 6, 8, 10, 12 terms in the Senate and House of Representatives mm -hmm. don't really want solutions because then their job is done. So, you know, like, it, I feel, especially the last... Right. 10 or 12 years, it's kind of the same hot button topics over and over again. And both parties promising to make changes and do things. And they both have, you could go back 50 years and it's, you, you could, but I'm topics. Yeah, you could, but I guess I'm thinking just what's what I know personally about and specifically right. about. And both parties have had opportunities to, to make those changes that they've promised to their constituents and they don't do it. And the and I, yeah. I honestly believe the reason they don't do it is because they need us at each other's throats. They need that conflict. They need a reason to be able to run. A, right. good, a good example is is gun laws. I mean, the, the 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 Democrats are the ones that are that are always you know talking about gun laws. They've had the power several times to to change that constitutionally, and they haven't done it. And you know, why not? There's a reason for that. And then when, when they don't have that power, it becomes a big, big debate and a big issue suddenly, um, yeah. especially around election time. And th that's, I'm not taking a stand on gun laws one way or the other in this conversation. I'm just using that as an example of how they keep us divided. Same thing with, yeah. you know, the, um, like the healthcare debate. I think everybody wants affordable health care for, for everybody in this country, but they make it sound like one side makes it sound like the other side just wants 10 people to pay for all of it. And the other side makes it, you know, sound like, like the government needs to just stay out of the way of health care altogether so that the companies would just charge less and everybody could afford it. They're both bullshit. Neither one of those things would happen if, you know, if, if, if either side got their way, so to speak. But the reality is they're both kind of right, but they're both very much wrong. And I don't know, you know, there's, there's a few politicians right now, like, like Joe Manchin. I think he's like, if we had, you know, 25 of him or, or like-minded people like him, I do think that, that things could get done in Congress. Oh God, Jeremy, what is wrong with you? You don't like Joe Manchin? That is the worst thing I've ever heard you say. You don't like Joe Manchin? No. It's because you don't like him because he's a Democrat, but he doesn't always line up with the party. I'm not saying I like his he, ideals. I like the mentality. He never does. I don't like him because he is... Uh, he, I mean, they're all like this, but he seems worse than others, but he is bought and paid for. See, I get the exact opposite. I guess, you know, maybe Bob No, but Taylor. check the books. Like, he literally is. Well, they all are, aren't they? 
I don't know. I just I get the I sense guess. that he's he's willing to stand up against his party if he doesn't agree with him. I and guess I just feel the people buying and paying for him are some of the worst actors in our society right now. They are the oil companies. I was going to say, is that coal and, and oil? Yeah. Yeah. Eh, I mean. So. <clears throat> well, the bigger point Why was... Why do you like him? What, what, what is it that you like? Because he doesn't... Because he doesn't... Always... He fights Follow back. The party line. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's just it. He fights back. I there's some Republicans, although I can't think of them right off the top of my hand, that, that kind of do the same as well, and they tend to not get re- reelected very often. But like Adam Kinzinger. Yeah. Um, there was one from Alaska too a, a year or two ago that that didn't toe mm-hmm. the party line and didn't end up getting reelected. I don't believe, but right. Um. I think it takes I think it takes courage to stand up against your constituents and I or not against your constituents but against your party and I suppose in Manchin's case being um, where he's from he probably does have to to answer to the the gas and oil companies because a lot of his constituents earn their living off of that and, and coal, like you said yeah and I think there's something to be said about that too I mean state senators do represent their state so. You know, I think that um, whether I agree with his policies or his politics or not, and I, I guess I would say the same thing about Bernie Sanders. Like, on a policy level, you would think there isn't much I would agree with on Bernie, and that's not wholly inaccurate. But I trust Bernie more than any other politician. And yeah. there's a lot to Bernie, be said about that. I will say this, at least from his voting record, Bernie is not as anti-gun as other Democrats. Because being from Vermont, sure, um, it is one of the more rural t- states in New England, um, and guns are very popular there. Well, I think we can have the gun conversation if you want. I don't know that we need to do it right now, but... but um, regarding Bernie, I just... I, feel, I, I feel like yeah. you know what you're getting with him. And yes. that's rare. Like... Right. Like, you know, I if he would have beat Hillary in the primary, I would have voted for Bernie. <clears throat> Instead, I, I don't even know who I yeah. wrote in, like, you know, Donald Duck or something. Like, <laughs> because I could not stomach voting for either of the candidates in the last yeah. two elections. Um, yeah. And I think that's just so bizarre to me that, that I hear everybody say that, but that's where we keep ending up. Right. I don't. No, right. I don't I mean, get that. We're always choosing between the lesser of two evils every time, and, and, and it's it's crazy. So yeah. So I guess no. I think we need to save the gun talk for another time because um, that could, that will be a full episode. That's interesting that R. Kelly brought us to Bernie Sanders, though. I know what the hell. <laughs> but to circle back around to R. Kelly, though, um, just because I wasn't I wasn't actually done with that topic either was I. um so um i i do think about this a lot also just in terms of like for example john lennon oh yeah not a good dude not a good dude but he's always been my favorite beetle yeah and so and you know the messages in his songs certainly don't seem to jibe with what he the way he seemed to live no, um, Lennon's the kind of fast. father he was, the kind of husband he was, and the kind of bandmate he was just seemed like a real asshole. He he did, and I don't know if that got better with time. Perhaps like, Maybe. um, well, you know, I think of like the Get Back documentary, and he did not seem like that type of person necessarily, as you can tell, no. he was from the early earlier Beatles music. You know, I mean, I don't need to tell you, but but you listen to, to a lot of the early Beatles songs and they've got all these upbeat rhythms and he's talking about, you know, killing women right. or, or going to kill, threatening to kill them and, and, all, yeah. and all these other things. And you're just like kind of like singing along and suddenly you're like, wait, what? This is this is the, the, the peace loving Imagine hippie guy. Um, 
So maybe Yoko actually did settle him down. But yeah, as, as by most accounts, his son Julian and his first wife, he was terrible to them. Um, right. And many, many women, and also to, you know, the rest of the bandmates. So, but I never hear people talk negatively about John Lennon like that. Like, I never do. And Oh, you're in the wrong circles, because I do. Oh, do you? You know, oh, yeah. yeah, okay, well, that's good. I'm glad to know that there are people out there that are not just giving him a free pass. But I would not stop listening to the Beatles or John Lennon because of that. And I don't know if right. it's because it's it's remote in time, so it doesn't feel so, like, right, right. now. Um, right. Or what it is. But, yeah, that's definitely Even, a great example. We went on vacation to Maine, right, this past week. It was a five-hour drive up there. So I put together a playlist of just a, a bunch of different songs that some of which... I know Quinn loves, and I know Coley loves, and I know I love, and some that are just songs that I thought would be fun to put on here. Um, so one of the songs was a Michael Jackson song. And it was just like, I still like Michael Jackson's music. And it's every time I listen to it, I'm it, there's that little thing in the back of my head that's like, you know, is he singing about a little boy? <laughs> Wait, but, so are you saying that you, you're you in the camp that believes in the allegations? Yeah. With Michael Jackson? Oh, yes. Oh, oh like, yes, like absolutely. Firmly in that camp? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Are you not? I, I'm not, Daniel. Like, I think the dude was weird, but... Huh. I think, um... I mean, I'm not, like, saying he definitely did not you don't have inappropriate relationships with, with children, young boys especially. But I feel like there would be more concrete proof out there. You should watch the documentary that was on HBO a couple years Finding ago. Neverland? Yeah. That's why I don't think it. Seriously, I did watch what? that. Yes. You watched it? Yes. Wow, this is, okay, this is fascinating. So I may have to have a refresher, but there was just something about that one dude that was off to me. So I Googled it, and a lot of people say that he's told several different stories and that they, like, people that are close to him, and they did not believe him. Really? Um, yeah. So, but, uh, you know, keeping on topic, yeah, I guess it's, it's the same concept. Um, Maybe I have to look more into it. I don't... Yeah, I'll have to do myself a little refresher so we can have a conversation about it, but... Yeah. Me and Dylan have had a pretty fascinating talk regarding Michael Jackson, and he, he feels similar to how I feel. Like, I almost feel like he just didn't have the social capacity to know any better, which seems strange because you're talking about one of the biggest superstars in the world, but I feel like he was probably well, probably undeveloped, underdeveloped that way because just because of his upbringing and, and, and all that stuff, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, coming from the stance that I'm at, that I do believe that this happened, um, and I don't say this as a way to excuse what I think happened, but the one thing that I can tell from documentary, that documentary I've seen another... Uh, other documentaries I've seen, documentary about Janet Jackson that I watched, um, like those kids all had a really fucked up childhood. They, yeah, they did. There's, there's no and, disputing that. And you know, especially Michael going, being the youngest and going on to become this mega star almost immediately. Um, could not have helped with any of his emotional and social development. Yeah, yeah for sure. Sexual development. Yeah. yeah, he he had to have been stunted yeah. in many different ways. There's just, but no, I agree. If the accusations are true, there that doesn't justify it or or take it away or even minimize it. Um, right. 
but I think it helps to understand how that could happen a little bit. I just think it's fascinating that we, that's just one example of where you and I are coming at things from such a different perspective. Oh yeah, that's going to happen a lot in our conversations. I know. And that's, I guess that's part of what the show is going to be, right? Is us just finding that common ground. And I love it. Yeah, I think it's good to have a healthy debate and conversation. And we don't have to, we can disagree without hating each other. Which is also something that this country needs. Because when you can do that, that's when you can find that common ground. We all just just dig in and, and die on every single hill that doesn't matter right now. Um. Because that's just what we do as a society now. And I, I don't know why that is. I do think the politicians like to keep us divided. But I think the instant social media and all that stuff has a lot to do with it as well. And being able to get a mob to defend you in a moment's notice on pretty much any subject if you really want to. Like even the most ludicrous bullshit. There's somebody out there, a whole group of people out there that, that you can get to agree with you. And that's crazy. It really yep. is. Um, so I think that we should end every episode with just us jibber jabbering about our lives. Sure. Um, I have a job interview in the morning. Telling random anecdotes and whatnot, just to lighten the mood after our conversation. So you have a job interview? I do have a job interview in the morning. Danny, you know how long it's been since I've had a job interview? Do strip clubs... Do, do they, are are they accepting applications from... Look, man, times are tough. There's 40-something-year-old men? They're willing to take anybody. No, so <clears throat> I'm uh, just looking for, like, something to do a few hours a month to yeah. to fill in my time between my full-time job and the couple days a week when the kids aren't here, so... Yeah. I had applied at this place that does... Um, they work with, with people with with, uh, you know, uh, disabilities in one form or another. So it's really yeah. just like hanging out with, with the, the folks and taking them shopping nice. and doing that sort of stuff. So it can kind of be pretty fl- used flexible do. schedule. Yeah. Um, so I put in an application on Monday and they called me this morning. So it's really more of a formality, I think, you know, so yeah, probably fun if- fact did yep. you know that I've only ever been turned down for one job that I've ever applied for? No. And I haven't applied for a whole lot of jobs. I tend to keep jobs for a long time. But, okay. But, but guess what job it was, Daniel. Guess. Just take one wild guess. The strip club. No. No. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't applied for that one. Um, there's only been a couple jobs that were really out of my comfort zone that I've ever applied for, like that weren't in food. And I've gotten all those jobs. But this job, so yeah. picture it, 2001, Dylan was like three or four months old. I was working at this restaurant, and they did not pay people in restaurants very much money at all back then. They still don't, but it's far better than it was. Um, so I needed extra money, and it was pretty much a full-time job, but I thought, well, I'll uh, go down to this place and get an application and, you know, just see if I can work there a little bit. Yeah. So I go and I, I fill out the application and, you know, you don't do it online back then. And I've always been the one, every time I got an application, I would ask for the manager and fill it out right there and hand it in right then, so on and so forth. I just think it looks good. You can't even do that now. Like where I, where I hire, no, you really where can't. I hire people, that's not even allowed. Like you have to do it you online to, no matter what. Yeah. You got to go online. Yeah. But so I do it and, um, I, I talked to the manager and like they didn't immediately hire me and I'm like what the hell so <laughs> I I, I uh, check back in the next day and they tell me that that they don't think it's going to work out because I'm overqualified it was at a McDonald's Daniel I could not get a job at a McDonald's I got the same response once <laughs> from a Panera <laughs> like what do you mean overqualified I'm like, well, we just don't think you'd fit in here because, you know, of all your experience. And I'm like, I guess. I'm like, if you think I'm just going to be like an asshole, that's really not what I had in mind. I just need some extra money. But right. whatever. I just kind of moved on. So that's the only job that I've ever applied for that I did not get. 
my entire life. Wow. McDonald's and Libby, Montana. So Wow, that's wild. That is kind of wild. I've applied to many jobs that I haven't gotten, but yeah. The one that re- that reminds me of is is a Panera Bread in Foxwoods Casino. I applied for. I don't remember what the position was. It might have been like a sh- supervisor position or something like that. And they said I was too qualified. Yep. See, damn overachievers. So, <clears throat> so yeah, I guess I'm uh, excited for that opportunity tomorrow to get a little extra cash coming in. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's what's? I want to know one fact about you, Daniel, that most people don't know. Oh. Yeah, um, oh boy. You weren't expecting that, were you? Come on. You, you just put me on the smart. On the smart. The smart. You put me on the smart. I sure did. I don't know how to answer that. Okay. Um. That most people don't. No. It doesn't got to be anything crazy. It could be something like, I like breakfast sandwiches. I don't know. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to go into the Air Force, but decided not to. And it's good that I didn't pursue it because I didn't realize at the time that being colorblind would have immediately disqualified me. Yeah, it's probably a big one in the Air Force, especially. Yep. That makes sense. So, Yep. Most people don't know that, but yeah, I did. I wanted to be in the Air Force. I wanted to fly jets. That's a fun fact. I like that. Yep. Even if even if I didn't fly jets, like I would have been cool being one of the like air control people. Yeah. They also need people yeah. to peel potatoes in the Air Force, and that's probably where I would have got stuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what they would have had me do. Stuff like that. It's just the way it yeah, goes. Sweeping the haddock or whatever. Yeah. So tell me a little more about your main vacation. All right. Yeah. So I have a story from my main vacation, though. Okay. 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 It was it was wonderful. We lo- it was beautiful. Um, we'll probably end up going back there next year and the year after that. And we're hoping eventually we can save up and get our own house up there. Um, but that's probably very unlikely. But we'll, we'll try. Um, but... You know, it's a vacation. It's a beachy vacation spot. I know they don't have a lot of those in Montana, but you have beach towns. I'm just joking. I know you have like lake towns and stuff. Yeah, but our be- our and beaches so have like same. rock. They don't really have sand. Well, this wasn't actually to to be fair. This the beach in our neighborhood where we were in Maine was actually a rock beach. Oh, so. Okay. Um, but anywho, no. Um, but you know what that town is like. It's got an old movie theater and, um, you know, with one screen and it's got mini golf and, and it's got like an old history museum that ca- hasn't been updated in 30 my years. My kind of place. You yeah, know. for sure. Yeah, no, it's actually, it's wonderful. I love it. Um, and so <clears throat> that was what Quinn and I did one day. Um, my wife went to... Uh, her, her mother was up there visiting a friend who also has a house up there. So she went to spend the day with the two women, um, by the river. There's a river inlet that, that lets out to the ocean and, you know, like they sit out at the porch and they can, they watched the tide come in and read their books and chatted. And that was what they did for the day. But. While they were doing that, Quinn and I had a daddy-daughter day. And <clears throat> the daddy-daughter day started at a rail- railway museum. And a railroad museum. And it was it was a cool museum. It was great. They had so much stuff in there. They had that you know, they had an old um an old passenger train, um, passenger car uh, running on a track around the property. And you could ride it around. Nice. Um, but we didn't do that first. So the first thing we did was we went and we walked around a couple of old buildings. Like they had the old town hall. They had moved it to the museum. Um, so you could just walk in there and walk around the town hall from like the 1860s. And <clears throat> they had um, the fire. The old firehouse was also there. And um, 
outside the firehouse was an old fire engine. Um, and it, it wasn't like the full um, fire truck. It was just one of the little ones that, that it was just a truck. Um, and so we just climbed onto well, it and, you know, <clears throat> sat in the driver's seat and blah, blah, blah. And as I'm climbing onto it, my, my shorts kind of snag on something. I was like, eh, you know, I didn't think anything of it. So then we continue. Um, and then we hear the train blow the whistle. So we go and we run and we go on the train. And this is around 11 o'clock in the morning. 10, 30, 11, something like that. And we get on the train and then we spend like another half an hour at this museum. Go see this, this huge hangar full of... Um, uh, planes, uh, not planes, sorry, uh, cars. Uh, they had they had a couple of old fighter planes hanging from the hangar too, but mostly old cars. Um, and it was really cool, and I loved it. And um, so I, we're walking around, we do this, and then we go to mini golf, and there's ice cream at the mini golf, right? And then there's, and then we golf, and and then. We, Oh, and we went to lunch. We got hot dogs. And then we went to Hannaford's. <clears throat> and so, oh, at mini golf, we're like standing in front of this group of um, teenagers who were from like this YMCA camp. They were on a field trip for the day. And we're eating our ice cream. And I'm just like standing in front of them, looking at this like pond with frogs in it oh. with Quinn. And they're all at these picnic tables behind us, and it's shaded over there, so that's why we're kind of just standing over there, eating our ice cream. It's super hot, but um, you know that that was it. It was just weird. We were just kind of standing in front of them, and then <clears throat> we go mini golf, and there's a bunch of people at mini golf, and then we go to Hannaford's, and halfway through Hannaford's, my child looks at me and goes, "Daddy." Oh my God, Daddy! You have a giant hole in your shorts, and so I feel back there, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, whatever, a hole. I, you know, a lot of times when you're walking, a hole in your shorts, nobody can even really notice it, right? right. Oh no, you could see like my thigh, <laughs> and <laughs> you could see my underwear going up. The hole went. From the bottom of my shorts, almost to my knee, all the way up to the waist of the shorts. So, it stretched the entire, and and then it was, you know, it was torn. It wasn't just like a slit. It was like it a was flap hanging down? A flap. Yeah. There was a flap. Boy, it's a good thing you wore underwear um, that day, because I know you don't normally do that. I, exactly. Seriously, because <laughs> I almost ran out of underwear on this trip because we stayed an extra day. So like one of those days I had to kind of like be economical with my underwear and I'm really glad it wasn't that day. Economical. So, <laughs> so, so what I realized is that not only the whole time through Hannaford's was I walking around with this hole in my shorts flashing all these people, but... The whole time standing eating ice cream in front of a group of teenagers, I just was mooning them the entire time I was eating my ice cream. Uh, and I'm sure they noticed, but they didn't say anything. Nobody said anything to me. I have to I have, my, <clears throat> I have to believe somewhere out there there's a, a teenager from the YMCA that made a TikTok who of the totally made it of this guy eating ice cream with his ass hanging out. Yeah, yeah. I know it's out there somewhere. It's gotta be. And I'm sure it went, it went viral in circles that we don't know. Probably. I know. Yeah. Crazy. I know. It was very embarrassing, but what are you gonna do? And the thing about it is that if I had noticed it, if I had realized it. I, we wouldn't have had such a great day. Yeah. And we had a really good yeah, day. Yeah, you're, you're like, right. We had so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Quinn hit a hole-in-one. Nice. On one of the mini golf holes. First hole-in-one. She did it on a windmill hole. Ooh, like, that takes some timing. That's tough. That is tough. Right? Yeah. yeah. She did it. Good for her. Um, yeah. 
What, so what is Hannaford's? You keep saying Hannaford's. I don't know what Hannaford's is. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Hannaford's is a grocery store. Okay. Um, when I used to live in New Hampshire, there was a Hannaford's and there was a Shaw's. Um, and the Hannaford's had the nickname of Canaford's. Um, but because you couldn't afford it. So it was funny. That's, yeah, no, I get, get it. it. Yeah. It's funny. Okay. But we always shopped at Shaw's because couldn't afford Hannaford. I was. Um, go ahead. But in Maine, where we were staying, it was the only option. That's, yeah. Grocery stores. I think yeah. I think grocery stores is going to be a socialist. There should just be like six grocery stores so we can keep everything like in order because it's confusing. I was. And they should all be home. They should all be locally owned. I was, um, I was booking uh, transportation from LAX to Disneyland which was much more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, yeah. And expensive. Holy shit. Anyway, so, yeah. so I'm, I'm emailing with this guy, and he's like, and I'm trying to get the timing down. I'm like, well, how long does it take, you know, to get from LAX to, to Disneyland? He's like, well, it takes about an hour and a half. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. Serious? Yeah. And he's like, but we have to stop at Ralph's for, for a while. And I'm like, who the fuck is Ralph? <laughs> right? And like, I just kind of like blow it off. And like, he just kind of, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then um, like, he's like, it's complimentary. And I'm like, okay. So like, I figure out it's a grocery store. So like this particular shuttle service will let you stop at this grocery store so you can get like snacks and, and whatever on your way. And it's oh. complimentary. But... Like, so you can skip it, but if there's other passengers, which there probably won't be because we're going to take up most of the car, and right. they want to stop, then you have to go. So that's why it was like, so, you know, we have to stop at Ralph's. And I'm like, like, how does this, does this fucker think I know who Ralph is? Like, is this like his dealer, <laughs> his buddy? Like, I don't get it. So, anyway. Yeah, so I should talk about the Disneyland thing a little bit. Like, we're going to Disney September 25th. And me, when I say uh, we, uh, me and, and my three daughters, um, yeah. they're seven, six, and four, so it's going to be crazy. Like, they've never been in an airplane. I haven't been in an airplane since I went to see you several years ago. Yeah. And we're flying into, you know, LAX. So, right. a lot of anxiety going on there. But, oh, yeah. you know, I got the, the trip all paid for and planned out and had a travel agent for that. And, and he was helping me with... The transportation. I didn't even really think of, of transportation. I just assumed there was a Disneyland shuttle because why wouldn't there be, right? Well, I was just going to say, why isn't there a Disneyland There's shuttle? There's not. So wow. you can take the Metro for like five bucks a person, but you like I feel like if you don't know the Metro and you're not familiar with it, it's just a nightmare. Right. right. So I start looking at all these places and, and I find places that are quoting like 265 round trip. But then you got to pay an 18% gratuity. I'm like, oh, God. Okay, whatever. Well, I don't even think about this, Daniel. We're going to California. In California, you got to be 96 years old before you don't have to have a fucking car seat. So I need car seats for all three of my kids from the airport to Disneyland. Yeah. So I have a couple choices. I can either bring them with me and check them, at which point, because I bought the economy tickets... I have to pay like $65 for each baggage transfer. So that's, that would be like round trip, like 200 and some dollars. Cause there's a layover on the way home. Um, you can buy like these portable ones on Amazon that fold up pretty small, which how safe can that possibly be? Right. Right. <laughs> what the hell's the point? But, I, that but I'm trying to not have to check any luggage at all because of that expense. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to take up valuable carry-on space. So there right. are these some shuttle companies that will um, rent you booster seats and car seats, but they're crazy expensive. Yeah, I was going to say. So I ended up, this one, they just included it in their price. And so it's, it's, it's $400. Okay. So it's $200 each way. 
But I do get a complimentary stop at Ralph's on the way, so there is that. <laughs> well, that's good. You should you should take advantage of the complimentary stop. Yeah, but I, I searched through all these different places, and my travel agent kind of helped me as well. But he, I mean, he kind of told me from the beginning this is the way it was going to be, but he knew that I yeah. wasn't. I was like, oh, there's got to be a better way. So I kind of looked on my own, and this is where I ended up anyway. So I I should have just listened to him. But are you staying? At Disney? Yeah, we're staying at the Paradise Pier, which is the lesser of the two hotels. But it's still nice. Right. You know? It's still pretty cool. Right. Yeah. We're staying at the Paradise still Pier. Thousand dollars a night or whatever. No, when I when I booked it it was I think like two eighty nine a night. Okay. Um Okay. Not bad. Yeah. And we got the And that's the lesser. Yeah. <laughs> so And we got so we got the the park hopper tickets so we can jump between parks after one o'clock, but you have to okay. make reservations for each day. So we're going to start off at Disneyland the first and the third day that we're there. And we're going to start off at, at California adventure the second day. But after one o'clock, you can go back and forth between parks. If you got the park hopper. And I also bought God, Disney's so complicated. It is complicated. It's overwhelming. We've been watching a lot of videos. It like is. I've been like studying cause I am like terrified. Yeah. So, yeah. then I bought this Genie Plus pass, which supposedly lets you get into a different line. So, the the lines are a little shorter. But it also includes, like, the photo pass thing. So, like, there's all these different areas where you can scan, like, this QR code and it'll just take pictures of you. So, I don't have to worry about, like, yeah. constantly also trying to take pictures. And then, when your trip's done, you just get this link and you can look at all your photos and upload them and download them or whatever the hell load you do. So, I mean, I'll still be taking pictures, but it's nice to know that I don't have to, like, stop and pose all the time for that. Um, Anytime you eat at a restaurant, you have to have reservations. And both the restaurants and the motel we're staying in are still not open because of COVID slash staffing, I guess. So, so we're only going to do one character meal. We're going to do it at breakfast, I think, the day, the last day before we leave. And yeah, so I, I think that's just where like the characters actually come and hang out and sit with you. But the rest of the time, we're just going right. to eat at the, um, you know, the quick service places is what they call it. But all that you still have to order with through your app and all these places they have. So like, just say like alien planet, they, they have pizza. It's a quick stop. You can order your food on the app and your drinks on the app. But the food comes out of one cart, and the drinks are like a completely different cart. It's strange. Oh, but I'm glad I'm taking the time to learn all this now, because... Yeah, really. Yeah. Are you... I don't... Are you going to do the princess dress-up thing? Whatever. forget what it's called. We did it with Quinn. The what? But it was very expensive, and I can't imagine doing it with three girls. You went to Disney? I didn't even know you went to Disney. Yeah, I went to Disney World three years ago. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, she was she was fine. How, how yep. expensive was it? It was like hundred and sixty something, maybe two hundred. Yeah, so for her to she get they they bring you into this room, they do up your hair and give you a dress and and uh, take pictures. I haven't heard of that service, and you Disneyland. get like a fairy godmother. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that sounds really cool. I haven't heard of that service at Disneyland. They may have it. Disneyland isn't near oh, okay. near as robust as Disney World, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've, I've been buying Disney gift cards all year long. I don't know how many I have, but I've got to have at least $1,500 worth. So... Oh, nice. And we'll be there the 25th and leaving the 29th. We're getting there late the 25th and leaving fairly early the 29th, so... I guess we'll just see where the budget brings me, but I have a feeling I'm going to fly through those gift cards pretty quick between stupid shit. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yep. But it's it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing for us. We probably won't take a trip like this oh, yeah. again for a very long time. It'll be great. Yeah. They're going to love it. Yeah. Our yeah. next family vacation is not going to be to a place like that. It'll be a little more laid back and chill and historical. So, you know, something like Maine. That type of thing would be cool. I've always wanted to see yeah. 
because Connecticut's as far you know northeast as I've ever been. I've always wanted to get up to the Maine and Vermont, right. um, New Hampshire areas and check that stuff out because there's a lot of cool history there. I think you would like those areas. Yeah. yeah, Maine is a giant state. Yeah, it is. Also, like I, I don't think of New England as being full of big states like none of them are overly large yeah. you know connecticut rhode island are very tiny yeah. and then massachusetts isn't huge yeah. and um vermont and new hampshire are, are they're middling size like they're yeah. vertical they are vertical so they're, they're they're just you know you can go way way up on in them um but then but then you get to maine and it's just like it's like the Texas of New England. It's it's just huge, and we were five hours up from we were we were two and a half hours up from the New Hampshire border, and we were only a quarter of the way up the up the coast of Maine, really. Yeah. Um, and then and then once you get to the tip of the coast of Maine, there's another. I would say probably another five-hour drive to the the northernmost tip of the state. Like it's it's just. But it's straight. It's, it's straight driving, right? Like you just drive, no stop and go, and all that. So when you when um, earlier when you mentioned yeah, for the most part when you mentioned that you know it was a five-hour drive, I thought to myself, Jesus, I got to drive five hours to buy underwear. I know. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> but, I, I could drive to New York State right now. I could drive. So I could drive to New York City and it would take two and a half hours right now. Wow. Maybe three. And But I never do that. Yeah, but my. But how long does it take to get into New York once you get there? See, that's my thing. Like, I could drive across open country for hours and hours and hours and not bother me. If you get me into, like, any sort of, like, city or traffic... God, I cannot handle that. So I like Well, that's what I mean. Like you could you could drive into Manhattan probably in 3 hours and get to where you're going in around that time. You really could. Yeah. Um oh, there there's another country hard from the dog. Yes. Uh-oh, he's up. So we're going to have to cut this right. cut this off shortly. I'm I'm sure. Has, has he anyway, been sleeping um, this whole time? Yes, he has. Nice. Way to be, bogey. <laughs> So, like, my cousin-in-law came, we had a get-together um, with them. Uh, my wife has two twin co boy cousins. Um, they're, you know, in their 40s. And they have, they each have kids. And, well, he and his family had already scheduled a trip to New York, but they had forgotten about it when they agreed to come to our house for this um, pool party. So they cut their New York trip in half, like they went to New York and then they drove from New York at like seven in the morning to come to our house by 10 and then left our house around seven at night to go back to New York. Um, and they did that all in one day and we thought they were crazy. But that's you know it's only a three hour drive like you said, it's just it's just so different here. We don't we don't do that those long drives like, like yeah. You do out there. And as our kids get older, like we'll be making those kind of treks all the time for school events, sports stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's not um, you know it, it takes like if you were to drive from one side like one like the western border all the way to the eastern border, you're driving at least ten hours if not more straight. And the, the northern and southern border are a little bit shorter, but, you know, not a whole lot. That's still a good six to seven hours, probably. Yeah. That would be like me driving to North Carolina, just getting in my car and driving to North Carolina. That is what it would be. And like. in our entire state, we still, I don't know, we might have 1.1 million people now, if that total. Isn't that bizarre? Wow. Then yeah. you get in those areas like... Hold on, Bogey. Like, you know, New York, where just in one borough, they have seven times that many people. Right. 
I want to go to New York City, though. I don't. I mean, I certainly don't want to live there. I spend a lot of time there, but it is something I want to check out before I die. Oh yeah, I think definitely. Neat. We got to do it sometime then. Well, the good news is, Dale, Daniel, I now have the freedom to do such things if I can afford to do such things. Isn't that the isn't that the shit? When you got the money, you don't have the freedom. When you got the freedom, you don't got the money. <laughs> yeah, but well, anywho. I'll we got the freedom to do this podcast. We, All right, we heard sorry, you. Sorry, Bogey. The first time. Bogey wants a biscuit, he's, man. He's standing here staring at me and wagging his tail. Yeah. He's got to go potty. I know you got to go. Hold on. All right. All right. Well, anyway, um, Jeremy, thanks for joining me on this. I had a choice. You're welcome, Daniel. You're welcome. You did. Um, I can't remember how I ended this last time, but I liked it. We Just for the listeners, we did a test episode, pilot episode, that um, I feel like there's a lot I would probably have to edit out of it, so we're ending up, I, I don't think we're going to ever publish it. Maybe eventually we'll publish it as a bonus, but right now we're not publishing it. Um, but I did have an ending that I enjoyed, and I can't remember it. Do you remember it? No. Stay cool. Oh, that's what it was. We did that. (laughs) Right. That's what it was. We faded out. We just, I I was going to fade out the sound. Yeah, I like that. That was fun. We're not going to do that. That would be weird. On a podcast. You know, like a song where they're just jamming out and then, have you ever thought about that? Like you're listening to a song that fades out in the middle of just like a a jam session. Do you ever wonder how much longer they actually continued playing in the studio? Because I do all Yeah, the time. I do wonder. And I want to hear it. And then there's some songs you wonder why the hell they didn't stop about four minutes before that. Because it was a good, yeah, it was a good song too. until they just beat the shit out of the ending. Totally. I'm getting <laughs> right. closer my dog's, to my, dog's, my home. Okay. My dog's staring at me. I all really right. got to go. All right. Okay. Oh, hey, are we uploading this? Where are we uploading this? Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Thanks for saying goodbye to me. (laughs) No. Um. Okay, I'm, I'm stopping.